0: Hi there, it's Kev from Nonstop AudioPod. We'd like to apologise for the last three episodes of Famous Five go off to camp. We were re-uploading new episodes today. Thanks again for listening. Except that we met a strange one-legged man who told us he saw spook trains. Mr Luffy laughed. "'Well, well, he must be a cousin of a little girl I know "'who thought she was sitting on a volcano,' Anne giggled. "'You're not to tease me. "'No, honestly, Mr Luffy, this old man was a watchman "'at a sort of old railway yard, not used now, "'and he said when the spook trains came, "'he blew out his light and got under his bed "'so that they shouldn't get him.' "'Poor old fellow.' said Mr. Luffy. I hope he didn't frighten you. He did a bit, said Anne. And he threw a cinder at Dick and hit him on the head. Tomorrow we're going to the farm to ask the boy there if he's heard of the spook trains too. We met an old shepherd who said he'd heard them but not seen them. Well, well, it all sounds most interesting, said Mr. Luffy but these exciting stories usually have a very tame explanation, you know. Now, would you like to see what I found today? A very rare and interesting little beetle. He opened a small square tin and showed a shiny beetle to Anne. It had green feelers and a red fiery spot near its tail end. It was a lovely little thing. Now... That's much more exciting to me than half a dozen spook trains, he told Anne. Spook trains won't keep me awake at night, but thinking of this little beetle fellow here certainly will. I don't very much like beetles, said Anne, but this one certainly is pretty. Do you really like hunting about all day for insects and watching them, Mr Luffy? Yes, very much, said Mr Luffy. Ah! Ah! Here come the boys with the water. Now, we'll hand the cake round, shall we? Where's George? Oh, there she is, changing her shoes. George had a blister, and she had been putting a strip of plaster on her heel. She came up when the boys arrived, and the cake was handed round. They sat in a circle, munching, while the sun gradually went down in a blaze of red. Nice day tomorrow again, said Julian. What shall we do? We'll have to go to the farm first, said Dick. The farmer's wife said she'd let us have some more bread if we turned up in the morning. And we could do with more eggs if we can get them. We took eight hard-boiled ones with us today, and we've only one or two left. And who's eaten all the tomatoes, I'd like to know. All of you, said Anne at once. You're perfect pigs over the tomatoes. I'm afraid I'm one of the pigs. Apologize, Mr. Luffy. I think you fried me six for my breakfast, Anne. That's all right, said Anne. You didn't have as many as the others, even so. We can easily get some more. It was pleasant sitting there, eating and talking and drinking lime juice and stream water. They were all tired, and it was nice to think of the cosy sleeping bags. Timmy lifted his head and gave a vast yawn, showing an enormous amount of teeth. Timmy, I could see right down to your tail then, said George. Do shut your mouth up. You've made us all yawn. So he had. Even Mr. Luffy was yawning. He got up. Well, I'm going to turn in, he said. Good night. We'll make plans tomorrow morning. I'll bring some breakfast for you if you like. I've got some tins of sardines. Oh, thanks, said Anne. And there's some of this cake left. I hope you won't think that's too funny a breakfast, Mr. Luffy. Sardines and fruit cake, Not a bit. It sounds a most sensible meal, came Mr. Luffy's voice from down the hillside. Good night. The children sat there a few minutes longer. The sun went right out of sight. The wind grew a little chilly. Timmy yawned enormously again. Come on, said Julian. Time we turned in. Thank goodness Timmy didn't come into our tent and walk all over me last night. Good night, girls. It's going to be a heavenly night. But as I shall be asleep in about two shakes of a duck's tail, I shan't see much of it. The girls went into their tent. They were soon in their sleeping bags. Just before they went to sleep, Anne felt the slight shivering of the earth that meant a train was running underground somewhere. She could hear no rumbling sound, She fell asleep, thinking of it. The boys were not asleep. They too had felt the trembling of the earth beneath them, and it had reminded them of the old railway yard. Funny about those spook trains, Dick, said Julian sleepily. Wonder if there is anything in it. No, how could there be, said Dick. All the same, we'll go to the farm tomorrow and have a chat with that boy. He lives on the moors, and he ought to know the truth. The real truth is that wooden Woodenleg Sam is potty and imagines all he says, and the old shepherd is ready to believe in anything strange, said Julian. I expect you're right, said Dick. Oh, my goodness, what's that? A dark shape stood looking in at the tent flap. It gave a little whine. Oh, it's you, Timmy. Would you mind not coming and pretending you're a spook train or something? said Dick. And if you dare to put so much as half a paw on my middle, I'll scare you down the hill with a roar like a man-eating tiger. Go away! Timmy put a paw on Julian. Julian yelled out to George. George, call this dog of yours, will you? He's just about to turn himself round twenty times on my middle and curl himself up for the night. There was no answer from George. Timmy, feeling that he was not wanted, disappeared. He went back to George and curled himself up on her feet. He put his nose down on his paws and slept. Spooky, Timmy, murmured Julian, rearranging himself. Timmy, spooky. no, I mean, oh, dear... What do I mean? Shut up, said Dick. What with you and Timmy messing about? I can't get to sleep. But he could, and he did, almost before he had finished speaking. Silence fell on the little camp, and nobody noticed when the next train rumbled underground, not even Timmy. Chapter Six Day at the Farm The next day, the children were up very early, as early as Mr. Luffy, and they all had breakfast together. Mr. Luffy had a map of the moorlands, and he studied it carefully after breakfast. "'I think I'll go off for the whole day,' he said to Julian, who was sitting beside him. "'See that little valley marked here? Crowleg Vale? Well... I have heard that there are some of the rarest beetles in Britain to be found there. I think I'll take my gear and go along. What are you four going to do? Five, said George at once. You've forgotten Timmy. So I have. I beg his pardon, said Mr. Luffy solemnly. Well, what are you going to do? We'll go over to the farm and get more food, said Julian, and ask that farm boy if he's heard the tale of the spook trains. And perhaps look round the farm and get to know the animals there. I always like a farm. Right, said Mr. Luffy, beginning to light his pipe. Don't worry about me if I'm not back till dusk. When I'm bug hunting, I lose count of the time. You're sure you won't get lost, said Anne anxiously. She didn't really feel that Mr. Luffy could take proper care of himself. Oh, yes, my right ear always warns me if I'm losing my way, said Mr. Luffy. It waggles hard. He waggled it at Anne, and she laughed. I wish you'd tell me how you do that, she said. I'm sure you know. You can't think how thrilled the girls at school would be if I learnt that trick. They'd think it was super. Mr. Luffy grinned and got up. Well, so long, he said. I'm off before Anne makes me give her a lesson in ear waggles. He went off down the slope to his own tent. George and Anne washed up, while the boys tightened some tent ropes that had come loose and generally tied it up. I suppose it's quite all right, leaving everything unguarded like this, said Anne anxiously. Well, we did yesterday, said Dick, and who's likely to come and take anything up here in this wild and lonely spot I'd like to know? You don't imagine a spook train will come along and bungle everything into its luggage van, do you, Anne? Anne giggled. Don't be silly. I just wondered if we ought to leave Timmy on guard, that's all. Leave Timmy? said George, amazed. You don't really think I'd leave Timmy behind every time we go off anywhere, Anne? Don't be an idiot. No, I didn't really think you would, said Anne. Well, I suppose nobody will come along here. Throw over that tea cloth, George, if you finish with it. Soon, the tea cloths were hanging over the gorse bushes to dry in the sun. Everything was put away neatly in the tents. Mr. Luffy had called a loud goodbye and gone. Now, the five were ready to go off to the farm. Anne took a basket and gave one to Julian, too. To bring back the food, said she. Are you ready to go now? They set off over the heather, their knees brushing through the honeyed flowers and sending scores of busy bees into the air. It was a lovely day again, and the children felt free and happy. They came to the trim little farm. Men were at work in the fields, but Julian did not think they were very industrious. He looked about for the farm boy. The boy came out of a shed and whistled to them. Hello, you come for some more eggs? I've collected quite a lot for you. He stared at Anne. You didn't come yesterday. What's your name? Anne, said Anne. What's yours? Jock, said the boy with a grin. He was rather a nice boy, Anne thought, with straw-coloured hair, blue eyes, and rather a red face which looked very good-tempered. Where's your mother? said Julian. Can we get bread and other things from her today? We ate an awful lot of our food yesterday, and we want to stock up our larder again. She's busy just now in the dairy, said Jog. Are you in a hurry? Come and see my pups. They all walked off with him to a shed. In there, right at the end, was a big box lined with straw. A collie dog lay there with five lovely little puppies. She growled at Timmy fiercely, and he backed hurriedly out of the shed. He had met fierce mother dogs before, and he didn't like them. The four children exclaimed over the fat little puppies, and Anne took one out very gently. It cuddled into her arms and made funny little whining noises. I wish it was mine, said Anne. I should call it Cuddle. What a frightful name for a dog, said George scornfully. Just the kind of silly name you would think of, Anne. Let me hold it. Are they all yours, Jock? Yes. Yes said Jock proudly. ''The mother's mine, you see. Her name's Biddy.'' Biddy pricked up her ears at her name and looked up at Jock out of bright, alert eyes. He fondled her silky head. ''I've had her for four years,'' he said. ''When we were at Owl Farm, old Farmer Burrows gave her to me when she was eight weeks old.'' ''Oh, were you at another farm before this one, then?'' asked Anne. ''Have you always lived on a farm? Aren't you lucky?'' ''I've only lived on two,'' said Jock. ''Owl Farm and and this one. ''Mum and I had to leave Owl Farm when Dad died, and we went to live in a town for a year. ''I hated that. I was glad when we came here.'' ''But I thought your father was here,'' said Dick, puzzled. ''That's my stepfather,'' said Jock. ''He's no farmer, though.'' He looked round and lowered his voice. ''He doesn't know much about farming. It's my mother that tells the men what to do.'' Still, he gives her plenty of money to do everything well, and we've got fine machinery and wagons and things. I'd like to see the dairy. It's slept up to date, and Mum loves working in it. Jock took the four children to the shining, spotless dairy. His mother was at work there with the girl. She nodded and smiled at the children. Good morning. Hungry again? I'll pack you up plenty of food when I finish in the dairy. Would you like to stay and have dinner with my Jock?' He's lonely enough here in the holidays with no other boy to keep him company. Oh, yes, do let's, cried Anne in delight. I'd like that. Can we chew? Yes, thank you very much, Mrs... Uh, Mrs... said Julian. (laughs) I'm Mrs. Andrews, said Jock's mother. But Jock is Jock Robbins. He's the son of my first husband, a farmer stay to dinner, all of you, and I'll see if I can give you a meal that will keep you going for the rest of the day.'' This sounded good. The four children felt thrilled, and Timmy wagged his tail hard. He liked Mrs. Andrews. ''Come on,'' said Jock joyfully. ''I'll take you all round the farm, into every corner. It's not very big, but we're going to make it the best little farm on the moorlands. My stepfather doesn't seem to take much interest in the work of the farm.'' but he's jolly generous when it comes to handing out money to mum to buy everything she wants. It certainly seemed to the children that the machinery on the farm was absolutely up to date. They examined the combine, they went into the little cow shed and admired the clean stone floor with white brick walls. They climbed into the red-painted wagons and they wished they could try the two motor tractors that stood side by side in a barn. You've got plenty of men here to work the farm, said Julian. I shouldn't have thought there was enough for so many to do on this small place. They're not good workers, said Jock, his face creasing into frowns. Mum's always getting wild with them. They just don't know what to do. Dad gives her plenty of men to work the farm, but he always chooses the wrong ones. They don't seem to like farm work, and they're always running off to the nearest town whenever they can. There's only one good fellow, and he's old. See him over there? His name's Will. The children looked at Will. He was working in the little vegetable garden. An old fellow with a shriveled face, a tiny nose, and a pair of very blue eyes. They liked the look of him. Yes, he looks like a farm worker, said Julian. The others don't. He won't work with them, said Jock. He just says rude things to them. "'and calls them ninnies and idiots. "'What's an idiot?' asked Anne. "'An idiot, silly,' said Dick. "'He walked up to old Will. "'Good morning,' he said. "'You're very busy. "'There's always a lot to do on a farm, isn't there?' "'The old fellow looked at Dick out of his very blue eyes "'and went on with his work. "'Plenty to do, and plenty of folk to do it, "'and not much done,' he said in a croaking kind of voice. Never thought I'd be put to work with ninnies and idjits, not ninnies and idjits. There, what did I tell you? said Jock with a grin. He's always calling the other men that, so we just have to let him work right away from them. Still, I must say he's about right. Most of the fellows here don't know the first thing about work on a farm. I wish my stepfather would let us have a few proper workers instead of these fellows. "'Where's your stepfather?' said Julian, "'thinking he must be rather peculiar "'to pour money into a little moorland farm like this "'and yet choose the wrong kind of workers.' "'He's away for the day,' said Jock. "'Thank goodness,' he added, "'with a sideways look at the others. "'Why, don't you like him?' asked Dick. "'He's all right,' said Jock, "'but he's not a farmer, "'though he makes out he always wanted to be. "'And what's more?' He doesn't like me one bit. I try to like him for Mum's sake, but I'm always glad when he's out of the way. Your mother's nice, said George. Oh, yes, Mum's grand, said Jock. You don't know what it means to her to have a little farm of her own again and to be able to run it with the proper machinery and all. They came to a large barn. The door was locked. I told you what was in here before, said Jock lorries. You can peep through that hole here at them. Don't know why my stepfather wanted to buy up so many, but I suppose he got them cheap. He loves to get things cheap and sell them dear. He did say they'd be useful on the farm to take goods to the market. Yes, you told us that when we were here yesterday, said Dick. But you've got heaps of wagons for that. Yes, I reckon they weren't bought for the farm at all. But for holding here till prices went high and he could make a lot of money, said Jock, lowering his voice. I don't tell Mum that. So long as she gets what she wants for the farm, I'm going to hold my tongue. The children were very interested in all this. They wished they could see Mr Andrews. He must be a peculiar sort of fellow, they thought. Anne tried to imagine what he was like. Big and tall and dark and frowny she thought, rather frightening and impatient. And he certainly won't like children. People like that never do. They spent a very pleasant morning poking about the little farm. They went back to see Biddy the collie and her pups. Timmy stood patiently outside the shed with his tail down. He didn't like George to take so much interest in other dogs. A bell rang loudly. Good dinner, said Jock. We'd better wash. We're all filthy. Hope you feel hungry, because I guess Mum's got a super dinner for us. I feel terribly hungry, said Anne. It seems ages since we had breakfast. I've almost forgotten it. They all felt the same. They went into the farmhouse and were surprised to find a very nice little bathroom to wash in. Mrs. Andrews was there, putting out a clean roller towel. Fine little bathroom, isn't it? she said. My husband had it put in for me. First proper bathroom I've ever had. A glorious smell rose up from the kitchen downstairs. Come on, said Jock, seizing the soap. Let's hurry. We'll be down in a minute, Mum. And they were. Nobody was going to dawdle over washing when a grand meal lay waiting for them downstairs. Chapter 7 Mr Andrews comes home They all sat down to dinner There was a big meat pie, a cold ham, salad, potatoes in their jackets and homemade pickles It really was difficult to know what to choose Have some of both, said Mrs Andrews, cutting the meat pie Begin with the pie and go on with the ham (laughs) That's the best of living on a farm You know, you do get plenty to eat After the first course, there were plums and thick cream. Or jam tarts and the same cream. Everyone tucked in hungrily. I've never had such a lovely dinner in my life, said Anne at last. I wish I could eat some more, but I can't. It was super, Mrs Andrews. Smashing, said Dick. That was his favourite word these holidays. Absolutely smashing. Woof! said Timmy agreeing he had had a fine plateful of meaty bones, biscuits and gravy and he had licked up every crumb and every drop now he felt he would like to have a snooze in the sun and not do a thing for the rest of the day the children felt rather like that too Mrs Andrews handed them a chocolate each and sent them out of doors you go and have a rest now she said, talk to jock He doesn't get enough company of his own age in the holidays. You can stay on to tea if you like. Oh, thanks, said everyone, although they all felt that they wouldn't even be able to manage a biscuit. But it was so pleasant at the farm that they felt they would like to stay as long as they could. May we borrow one of Biddy's puppies to have with us? asked Anne. If Biddy doesn't mind, said Mrs. Andrews, beginning to clear away. And if... Timmy doesn't eat it up. Timmy wouldn't dream of it, said George at once. You go and get the puppy, Anne. We'll find a nice place in the sun. Anne went off to get the puppy. Biddy didn't seem to mind a bit. Anne cuddled the fat little thing against her and went off to the others feeling very happy. The boys had found a fine place against a haystack and sat leaning against it, the sun shining down warmly on them. Those men of yours seem to take a jolly good lunch hour off, said Julian, not seeing any of them about. Jock gave a snort. They're bone lazy. I'd sack the lot if I were my stepfather. Mum's told him how badly the men work, but he doesn't say a word to them. I've given up bothering. I don't pay their wages. If I did, I'd sack the whole lot. Let's ask Jock about the spook trains, said George, fondling Timmy's ears. It would be fun to talk about them. Spook trains? Whatever are they? asked Jock, his eyes wide with surprise. Never heard of them. Haven't you really? asked Dick. Well, you don't live very far from them, Jock. Tell me about them, said Jock. Spook trains? No, I've never heard of one of those. Well, I'll tell you what we know, said Julian. Actually, we thought you'd be able to tell us much more about them than we know ourselves. He began to tell Jock about their visit to the deserted railway yard and Wooden Leg Sam and his peculiar behavior. Jock listened, enthralled. Cool! I wish I'd been with you. Let's all go there together, shall we? he said. This was quite an adventure you had, wasn't it? You know... ''I've never had one single adventure in all my life, not even a little one. Have you?'' The four children looked at one another, and Timmy looked at George. ''Adventures? What didn't they know about them? They had had so many.'' ''Yes, we've had heaps of adventures, real ones, smashing ones,'' said Dick. ''We've been down in dungeons, we've been lost in caves.'' "'We've found secret passages. We've looked for treasure. "'Well, I can't tell you what we've done. It would take too long.' "'No, it wouldn't,' said Jock eagerly. "'You tell me. Go on. "'Did you all have the adventures? Little Anne here, too?' "'Yes, all of us,' said George. "'And Timmy as well. "'He rescued us heaps of times from danger, didn't you, Tim?' "'Woof, woof,' said Timmy, and thumped his tail against the hay.' They began to tell Jock about their many adventures. He was a very, very good listener. His eyes almost fell out of his head, and he went brick red whenever they came to an exciting part. My word, he said at last. I've never heard such things in my life before. Aren't you lucky? You just go about having adventures all the time, don't you? I say, do you think you'll have one here, these halls? Julian laughed. (laughs) No, whatever kind of adventure would there be on these lonely moorlands? Why, you yourself have lived here for three years and haven't even had a tiny adventure. Jock sighed. That's true, I haven't. Then his eyes brightened again. But see here, what about those spook trains you've been asking me about? Perhaps you'll have an adventure with those. Oh no, I don't want to. "'said Anne in a horrified voice. "'An adventure with spook trains would be simply horrid. "'I'd like to go down to that old railway yard with you "'and see Woodenleg Sam,' said Jock longingly. "'Why, that would be a real adventure to me, you know, "'just talking to a funny old man like that "'and wondering if he was suddenly going to throw cinders at us. "'Take me with you next time you go.' "'Well, I don't know that we meant to go again.' said Julian there's really nothing much in his story except imagination the old watchman's gone peculiar in the head through being alone there so much guarding a yard where nothing and nobody ever comes he's just remembering the trains that used to go in and out before the line was given up but the shepherd said the same as Sam said Jock I say what about going down there one night and watching for a spook train no said Anne in horror. You needn't come, said Jock. Just ask three boys. And me, said George at once. I'm as good as any boy and I'm not going to be left out. Timmy's coming too. Oh, please don't make these awful plans, begged poor Anne. You'll make an adventure come if you go on like this. Nobody took the least notice of her. Julian looked at Jock's excited face. Well... He said, if we do go there again, we'll tell you. And if we think we'll go watching for spook trains, we'll take you with us. Jock looked as if he could hug Julian. That would be terrific, he said. Thanks a lot. Spook trains. I say, just suppose we really did see one. Who'd be driving it? Where would it come from? Out of the tunnel, Wooden Leg Sam says, said Dick. But I don't see how we'd spot it, except by the noise it made. Because, apparently, the spook trains only arrive in the dark of the night. Never in the daytime. We wouldn't see much, even if we were there. Guys, End of slide three. Just, you know, new coming in May. Just follow me on Instagram, and you'll get some clues from there. Bye for now.